And now it's time for intermission. Welcome to Intermission, a theaterfansmanila.com podcast. We're your hosts, Frida and Nikki, the team behind TFM, and this is where we talk about what's been going on on stage and off in the last week within Metro Manila and beyond. In this episode, we're going to go over a local show called Antonio and Perfecto that is currently available to stream, some local theater-related workshops you can join this month, the announced Willy Wonka origin musical, and Winnie the Pooh getting his own stage adaptation. Should we start with the local stuff, Nikki? Hi, Frida. Yeah, so this week, one of the major things that happened was a stream of the show called Antonio and Perfecto that is by Cheese Mendez of Theater Titas. Yeah, we the last time we saw him or one of his productions was uh, Macbeth, who also starred someone who is also in this show. So that was uh, Tarek Altaik. Do you want to tell us what the show is about? Because I know you saw it. I saw it online. I was pleasantly surprised. So Antonio and Perfecto is an LGBTQ play that Cheese actually wrote when he was just 19. He was in college. Wow. It's interesting because the show fuses Shakespearean high language with silliness. It was really funny because he had Mickey Bradshaw Volante in the cast, who is hilarious. Oh, she, yeah. She's really funny as a person, so she just, I don't think she even tries hard to make <laughs> people laugh. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Tarek El Tayek was also in the show. Yeah, and he suits, um, I think, Tarek especially suits this kind of Shakespearean thing. I don't know, I, I feel like 9 out of 10 times I ever see him on stage, he's doing some high English thing, ngababab, I don't know. Exactly, actually, th- since you mentioned that, Nikki, he actually wrote his own Shakespearean rap, which... Oh, wow! Yeah, I, I, I saw him perform it on Kumu. And I think, I, I don't know how he's, I think he plans to, re- I, I should ask him about it because he was talking about releasing it in another format or another platform. But it, it was, oh, it was wow. cool, yeah. Maybe we can invite him over and he can perform it in the show. Oh, good idea. Yeah, we can put a pin on that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, this show, I guess, is perfect for him because he's also very funny, but he's also very yeah. Shakespearean. Because I also watched this show. And oh, you there did. was one scene where he was inside this cabinet. I wasn't sure what was happening, but it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. But this entire uh, show is a comedy. So it's, um, I think it's actually easier to understand this high English. I'm not sure what kind of English this is, but Shakespearean English maybe. But it's almost easier to understand it if it's comedy. Because there's a lot of gestures in comedies and I guess it's also about delivery and movement and um, non-verbal gestures that put it into context so it's easier to understand. It's almost like ballet, I guess. Like you rely more on everything else. So if language is a little difficult, I guess you have that to put everything into context so yeah this one was wasn't hard 
to follow at all. And there was um, the character, the translator. It was also funny to me that she was even credited as the translator or the translated by, <laughs> which was a pretty funny um, inside joke, I thought. Yeah, that was, that was funny. And actually, Cheese is a Shakespearean nerd too. And he's also, oh. he's also really funny as a person. So yeah, oh, yeah. this is very I was going to say, because um, the humor is very cheese, because you and I both know him personally. So, And I thought, oh, well, so, well yeah, this is cheese, because I was kind of not sure who wrote it. And then when I checked it, it made sense. Well, yeah, of course, he did write it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, kudos to cheese. And he also edited it. And directed. And directed it. So it was good how he pushed the limits of the Zoom format. There was a murder scene, there was a flying carpet, there were chandeliers falling. I mean, it was cool. I didn't and and it it's rare when you mentioned comedy. I haven't seen a lot of comedies online actually. So it was refreshing for me to see. I, the attention to detail is also pretty it is goofy. Like the the thing that they were doing on screen when you watch it. And you can watch it. It's still streaming until June 13 this month. But yeah, the it is goofy when you watch it, and but but the attention to detail is kind of um, interesting. So it's actually I don't know because I don't know animation, and it feels like it's kind of a, an involved process, right? It looks like it's a pretty involved thing. And what I really what really fascinates me with Zoom format shows is that the sightline they kind of nail it, even though they're on different screens. Exactly. So. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's also, um, there's the LGBTQ love angle, so it's good for Pride Month. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, in terms of, like, these these Zoom shows, right? I know you've seen quite a lot. Do you have any other types of Zoom shows that, I don't know, you would say was, like, one of your favorites from the last, like, year and a half? Well, the Virgin Love Fest... Um, is that considered Zoom? Um, I guess online. I just use it as like like a catch-all. Yeah. But I don't think anyone actually uses actual Zoom. She did. Oh, really? That was Zoom. Yeah, he he, he, he oh. edited it uh, afterwards, yeah. But I think they use other types of formats for that. Antonia and Perfecto, it's streaming and... It's for free. It's on Facebook, the entirety of it. It's about an hour and 10 minutes thereabouts. Um, you can just search The Cheese Way on Facebook and then you can't miss it. Cheese as in queso. So it's by Cheese Mendez. And yeah. it'll only be streaming until June 13. 13, so it's 1-3. We don't know why he didn't decide to put it up until the end of Pride Month. <laughs> so ask him why. <laughs> yeah, we'll ask him why. And then this month, it, we have workshops. So Frida, do you want to tell us the workshops that are happening this month? So in terms of the monthly workshops, some of the companies actually just do it every month. It's a way to help the students continue learning, even though there are no live shows. I, I actually saw... A recital of the rep workshop I want to was it two months ago what is time I think two months ago I saw I saw the kids perform uh, over zoom it was it was cute it was, it was really cute and and what did they perform 
So this was the voice classes of rep that were taught by Cara Barredo and Jay Pangilinan. So they had a kids batch and a batch with teenagers. And they each had like two songs to sing. And they had like the Zoom backgrounds to accompany them. And they had costumes on. It was cute. It was like recital, but on Zoom. Are they, how old are these kids? Kids were like, I want to say, was it like seven years old to... Oh, that is cute. Yeah, really cute. <laughs> And then actually, the I mentioned the teen batch, but there was actually an adult there. So it was it was just no, regardless of age, right? There's you can just keep learning. Yeah, what's great about these workshops is that they usually happened during summers, and now they're the entire year. They go for the entire year. So if they're you know if you're in the mood for learning a new craft or honing your existing skill, there's one. There's a workshop out there for whatever performance art scale and it's like taught by people you've seen on stage so you know it's it's not like theoretical or anything like they are the same people you would fawn over on stage and want to meet at the stage door so it's really cool yeah you, you, that's a good point actually um, when you mentioned about the it used to just be during the summer yeah, now you can just continue learning throughout the year. The companies are busy conducting these while there are no live shows. And you're right, like the, the actors themselves are teaching the classes. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, you can like just, I don't, I don't know, maybe you can pick like your favorite actor or dancer or singer and then check them out on their socials and they're definitely hosting some kind of workshop because it's really cool too like i think in theater there's a huge thing about like educating other people right with the craft it's passing down that craft because it is the same people who teach who do you know what i mean yeah it's really cool it's also like true even on broadway right like some of the actors also do their own workshops we know like playwrights for sure, do their own workshops. Yeah. I know, like, Adam Pascal <laughs> used to do, like, workshops. Like, you can... He's probably, like, super expensive. <laughs> so, <laughs> you would have to win a contest to be mentored by him, I'm sure. But, yeah. So, you know, if you have, like, the budget for it, you can go Google whoever star you want. Or just check out our post on theaterfansmanila.com. Because we always update it every month with the latest and active workshops that you can enroll to for that month. So about Rack of Ages. (laughs) Yeah, so we are selling tickets to... (laughs) Oh my god, we are selling tickets to the August 8th stream. So we're always like talking about it. But I think because it's such a a long-running show, right? There is something new to talk about it. Like for this week, I was just listening to Asia songs and I was actually surprised that um, there are songs that are actually featuring characters like Eileen and Mary Jane. I'm sure when Lisa Magdoto was listening to the soundtrack, she would just list down the names. Yeah, <laughs> and then repurpose it. Yeah. So that is, that is the level of detail that Rack possesses. 
So it's a very much um, if you're an ages fanatic or a theater fan, yeah, there's something for you there. So the thing like about Rack, right, is that um, the attention to detail isn't just to like the the ages discography or like the stage magic or the technique that they use in in terms of theater. There's also the community component to it. The origin of this story, one of our contributors actually wrote a great story about the origins of Rack of Ages. Um, the title was The Untold Story of Rack. And so she talked to the people who are behind the show. They talked about Lingap Sining, this community development arm of PETA, that they really went to, they really go to because it's an active project they go to communities um they they use theater as therapy actually um so it's really helping people on the ground so this was specifically with the victims of typhoon ondoy what's great about peta is they are able to use theater to concretely help communities um, being affected that's one of the reasons why they won that ramon magsaysay award a few years ago because it's it's really a, a tangible effort of how to use the arts to help the communities so you see the care the, that's being that's been done to develop the show because they do that community work right it adds to the un- authenticity of the story i would say because you know these are stories of actual people so it's not just kind of like told for laughs or for drama sake or for even just kind of staging the Filipino lived experience in a superficial way. It's a very, you know, it's very authentic. And I'm very glad that it did so well that it can stream and that people want to see it and all over the world they want to see it. PETA now has this title that they can use to for fundraising because this is a fundraising for them and they need it also because you know like the pandemic hasn't been kind to the performing arts community this is actually like part of their take peta beyond covid campaign so it's really like specifically the stream is specifically to kind of help them just do more good work like producing these entertaining and educational and great Filipino theater productions. It's just like the tip of the iceberg for them. Yeah, I actually want to share like from the audience perspective as well, because we have been selling tickets to this show for, I want to say, three weeks now. And I we, we interact with the ticket buyers themselves. And it's really fun to get to talk to them because some people are based abroad and they're so happy that they can finally watch it. Some people have seen it 10 times and want to see it again. Some people have never seen it and can finally watch it. Some people gift it to other people. They're just so excited to see it. And it's not even, I mean, we're talking about this, Nikki. It's not even, it's not even a hard sell at all. You just tell them, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, we're selling tickets to the show. Like, okay, how do I buy? <laughs> Despite us always bring it up right <laughs> it, it's not a very hard sell and you're right about giving it back to pet pet as well because it's true that a big portion of the proceeds will go into supporting the artists who lost 
jobs for oh my gosh what is it almost two years now so proceeds from this show will go into supporting the company to be able to sustain further so yeah i think that was it for local stuff this week but before we move outside the philippines what's up on kumu frida okay so i watched this show it's called lyrics.kumu so lyrics.kumu is something that streams twice a month so it's by chino vigilias sam suwell Jonel Mojica and Cara Barredo. And what they've done for for months now is they go by the decade. So they started with I think the fifties and then they then and then they went through the sixties, the seventies, and so the latest episode was the eighties. So they talk about what what kind of music the era that specific era had and each of them take turns in singing music from that decade and they break down the lyrics of those songs so oh so there so the last episode they had a non-theater round and then they had a theater round where they only sang 80s theater music i love that of course (laughs) how do they break down the lyrics they the meaning of it yeah and also how it reflects to the decade so I wow yeah I, I learned that night that it was a time when they used synthesizers that was the time when that technology was just developing oh, so it was there's a very distinct 80s sound that's very cool like on Kumu you can get a, a crash course on song history yeah music exactly. history yeah that's nice yeah can you like suggest like make suggestions like oh, do the history of the song? I, I, I yeah yeah. Um, as long as it's in theme, so just oh, pick a song from the eighties. Cool. I do that. I I do prior research and then I ask them to sing it. <laughs> These guys they they're always really kind of maximizing the Kumu platform. That's great. Yeah, I love that you can find something new every time, like on Kumu. There's so much content out there. Yeah. So which is kind of like a testament to. Like, if there's anybody who wants to go check it out, there's probably something for you. So, like, moving to, like, outside the Philippines, like, this week, well, not this week, but, like, I guess last week, it was announced that there's going to be a Willy Wonka origin musical movie. So what do we know about it? We know that Timothy Chalamet, he's confirmed to play Willy Wonka, and I didn't even... No, he he sang. Well, I did some research and he has dabbled in singing. Like there was a, like there's a video of him that I thought was kind of it sounded pretty nice. He starred in some school productions of because I think he went to some Hollywood high school. There's a clip of him on YouTube singing "Wilkomen" from Cabaret, which I thought sounded pretty nice good but this one that went viral is him rapping there's like a video of him rapping have you seen this you should see it okay yeah he is rapping there's one of um you can go search for his appearance on the graham norton show because graham norton teases him about it but the singing was he wrote a rap 
about statistics, like the subject statistics. Because I guess he wanted to pass his exam and he didn't study, so he decided to do that. It's so funny because it's... Imagine Timothy Chalamet rapping. He's about 12 years old when he was doing this. Okay, you gonna, should watch it. It's really I'm going to watch that funny. right after this podcast. I guess he, he can sing to, to some degree. So this is going to be a musical. A lot of the things about this announcement surprised me too. <laughs> like, why is it a Willy Wonka original? And then why is it is it going to be a Timothy Chalamet vehicle? You know? Same thoughts. A lot of que- why is it a musical? You know, why is it? Yeah. Yeah. So Willy Wonka. And then this other thing is Winnie the Pooh. This is a stage adaptation. You know, I was surprised that there already exists music for Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I was surprised too. Yeah, because it says there that the upcoming show will feature music by the Sherman Brothers that they've already written for Disney for Winnie the Pooh. And I had no idea that Winnie the Pooh was ever a musical. I guess it's a there are Disney movies and there's music in that. But there's also like songs written by A.A. A. Milne. Yeah. Who wrote Winnie the Pooh. So maybe it's always been musical. Yeah, maybe. I was surprised too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But that one is going to be on stage. Yes. And they're going to use life-size puppetry. Puppetry and like how Lion King were puppets or like actual. Um, Good question. <laughs> yeah. Not sure. We'll see. Maybe actors in bear suits. <laughs> or like puppets like in Avenue Q puppets. A range of possibilities. Do you like musicals that are made specifically for children? I know you liked Madagascar. The one that... Oh yeah, that was <laughs> so yeah, funny. That Atlantis produced. That's so funny. Like maybe two years ago. We also watch a lot of reps theater for young audiences. We talked about this last time. Just like an off offshoot thing about reps theater for young audiences. Red Conception mentioned this before because Red Conception played the engineer in the US tour and the UK international tour of Miss Saigon yeah. of Miss Saigon he mentioned how reps theater for young audiences actually helped him gain that endurance for long running shows oh wow isn't that interesting because reps theater for young audiences ru- basically runs every day they do have alternating casts but sometimes you just do it three times a day if you don't have alternates for that day. So he do these shows maybe seven times a week. It's the closest thing to a long-running Broadway with show. A lo- yeah. With a long-running Broadway show, yeah. And that's, that's what he said. Like that, that kind of training actually helped him with his role for Miss Ayoan. Isn't that cool? Like, yeah, that is cool. And they're very physical too. Like these almost panto-type, pantomime-type shows. Yeah, and they're fun. They're fun to watch. They always have audience participation elements to them, which is unique. Yeah. And the kids just lap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, (laughs) you mentioned that because I wasn't exposed to theater actually when I was young. So the first time I saw a show by Reps Theater for Young Audiences, I was an adult. And it was cute how they would interact with the audiences. And you could see how the children just love it. I, I, think, yeah. that, I think that's actually my favorite part of, <laughs> of watching those shows, was to, just to see how happy the kids are. What a nice outing for the child. <laughs> like, before the show, they could just, you know, go shopping. And then after the show, 
they would be treated to McDo or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, what a nice day out for kids. What else happened this week? Well, we, one of our contributors, Camille, she wrote this great listicle that we published about musicals for Mental Health Month because May was Mental Health Month. If you want to learn something new about musicals, head over to our website because that's a great article by Camille. So the title is Eight Musicals About Mental Health. And she really goes into detail about like how these shows explore mental health. And you can also listen to the albums on Spotify. It's good. It's a great article. Yeah. Shout out to Camille. And actually, when she wrote that, it got me thinking maybe why I was so affected by Next to Normal when it was staged here 10 years ago, because it, re- it really went deep into mental health. And yeah, at the time, it wasn't being talked about yet that much. And so when you watch something like that, it, it is re- really very, very affecting, um, especially when it's told in a musical format like that. It's really, really yeah. powerful. Yeah, so you can read that, the, the entirety of that article, on our site. And I think that's all the major theater news you needed to know this week. This was a lot of fun for us. We hope that it has been a lot of fun for you too. Subscribe to this podcast if you feel like it, but definitely follow TFM everywhere for all your theater needs. We are theater fans MNL on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and hey, even Gmail. This has been Nikki and Frida, and thanks for listening to this week's intermission. Bye!